The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. 2017 is going to be a volatile economic year. We may see politicians throughout the world attempting to control central bank policies. Several renowned financial analysts have warned that political interference in central bank policies may mean our economic misses of inflation and growth targets. Gold is an international currency that can't be issued or controlled by governments. If you don't have the only hard currency that has outlasted every politician and every failed idea of governments for centuries, you need to speak to Goldline right now and learn how easy it is to add gold to your portfolio or IRA. Now is the time to diversify your financial portfolio by adding gold. Call 1-800-913-GOLD. Buying real gold is easy and fast at Goldline. And you're going to be happy that you finally made the call. 1-800-913-4653. Goldline also offers price protection against short-term market fluctuations on qualifying purchases. So buy with confidence. Read Goldline's important risk information and find out if buying gold is right for you. Call Goldline. 1-800-913-4653. You're listening to Pure Opelka. This is Pure Opelka. With Mike Opelka. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. It is the third hour of Pure Opelka. Happy to have you here. I'm, I'm thrilled you're here, actually. I appreciate you being here. Much to talk about this hour. Just got a little bit of news. Apparently reported just a few minutes ago, and I'm I'm going to, I believe the source on this, according to CNN. Yes, yes, yes. Last night's Sunday night with Megyn Kelly, the one that had the Alex Jones interview, attracted 3.5 million people, and uh, that means... It lost to 60 Minutes, which had 5.3 million viewers. And I don't know if you're ready for this one. Both of those shows lost to ABC's America's Funniest Home Videos. (laughs) Anybody? (laughs) Uh, Oh, but wait, there's more. In the 18 to 49 year old demo, the coveted 18 to 49 year old demo, that's where all the money is that advertisers want. America's Funniest Home Videos beat both 60 Minutes and Megyn Kelly in her highly promoted Alex Jones interview by about 40%. But wait, there's more. It was a repeat, (laughs) it was a rerun. Oh, my gosh. Oh, that can't be a good thing. Not for Megyn Kelly. Not for the person who who paid all the money to get Megyn Kelly over to NBC. Uh, more on that later, but how about that? Alex Jones' interview tanked the ratings, lost to a rerun of America's Funniest Home Videos. Ooh, that's got to hurt. Joining us right now, as she does every Monday, Dr. Wendy Patrick, wendypatrickphd.com is where you find Wendy. Uh, You need to to visit wendypatrickphd.com because that's where you find out everything that Wendy's up to. Uh, She's a lawyer. She's an author. She's a friend of this show and understands uh, the ins and outs of the law and what goes on in trials. Wendy's work trials. 
So I love it when we have legal news, especially trial news, to talk about. Welcome back, my friend. How are you? Good. Always a pleasure, Mike. Yeah, it's it's um, it's always a pleasure for me. I have to put you on the hot seat early, though, because we're asking a vital question today. Sure. If you if you had to give up one, would you give up air conditioning or the internet? Air conditioning or the internet? Air conditioning. So you would you would take the sweating to still have the uh, access to the internet? Yeah, wouldn't you? I don't know. I'm having a hard time figuring this out. <laughs> I, I, right think, I think you would, Mike. I mean, given the business you're in, you need the internet constantly. We need to get our news. <laughs> I know, but my family didn't stray as far from the apes as other people. I'm a furry guy, and you know the heat and the humidity. Where you live, Mike. I think it depends on where you live. I think there are some people that live closer to the equator that would give up the internet. They probably don't get reception there anyway. You know, you think of the circumstances. Um, actually, you know, the whole world has great access to the Internet nowadays. So I think air conditioning depends more on climate. Yeah, that's true. But but the uh, and somebody pointed out, Holly from West Virginia pointed out, look, summer doesn't last that long here. So that's gut right. it out. Keep your Internet <laughs> and wait for the fall and winter and spring. But just one of those Turn days. It's fan. hot. Turn on a fan. <laughs> Well, you know, four years ago, I, I posted a video on the web of how to make a $20 air conditioner. And it's really just, you know, a, a cooler, ice, a fan, and some PVC piping. But it wor- it actually worked. It cooled a room in about 30 minutes on a hot day. But uh, I don't think I'd be allowed that under my rules. But uh, let's get to legal stuff. What a week, huh? How crazy has it been? Oh. We say that every Monday. <laughs> Lots of you know we do, on. and maybe that's why we do this every Monday because we know the crazy is just going to pile up. But right. the, the Cosby, the Cosby thing—did that surprise you? Not at all. You know, um, sexual assault crimes are very difficult to prove. So you've got a man that's committed so many of them. We know that because we're privy to so much additional information beyond what that jury was given. But the jury, remember, they only got to hear from one other victim. So there was no patterns make the predator argument like there would have been if the prosecutor was allowed to introduce more victims. And they do that because they want to they don't want to prejudice the defense so far where they're unable to the jury's unable to try the case that's been presented in the courtroom. Um, but that would have been a lot more persuasive. Uh, the, the problem with sexual assault crimes is they're severely underreported. There's delayed disclosure for a variety of valid reasons in terms of why women don't, don't come forward quicker. But what that equates to in the courtroom is a very difficult case in many instances. We know that was true here, Mike, because that jury was out for almost as long as the case was presented. The case was presented five days and six minutes. Remember, this is the same as six-minute defense case. And they were out almost a whole week. They actually deliberated into Saturday and still couldn't reach a verdict. So I'm not surprised due to the number of questions they had, the number of days they were out, and the difficulty of proving these types of cases. Well, the the interesting thing about this to me is um, I, I think the prosecutor, after the announcement of the the mistrial, I think the prosecutor totally blew it. I think he totally missed a chance to let the Cosby defense team squirm for 119 days. You know, he had 120 days to make a decision on retrial, and he could have just stayed quiet, said nothing, 
and, and, you know, gotten a little bit of torture on Mr. Cosby. But no, he came right out and said, absolutely, we're going back at him again. Defense Mistake or not? It. The defense already knew they were going to do that. So I mean, the public would have been squirming, but the defense team already knew, no doubt, these types of things have been disguised, discussed behind the scenes. You know, that's the thing is, is you and I and the rest of the, the public, the court of public opinion, doesn't get to be involved in a lot of what goes on behind the scenes. And that issue, and which no doubt also includes the split. You know, that's the very first thing that lawyers want to know is what was the split. If it's 11 to 1 for not guilty, it's going to be a different scenario than if it's, you know, 10 to 2 for guilty. 6-6, six, six, same thing. So all of that affects whether or not a case is going to actually involve a plea bargain, whether it's going to be retried, whether a court is going to entertain a motion to dismiss the charges in the interest of justice. So all of these results depend on much more information than you and I have been given. So that's we always have to take sort of some of these public announcements with a grain of salt, knowing a lot more went into it than we know. Well, Cosby's statement, uh, it was in the New York Post on, I think, Sunday, and had him smiling on the cover of the newspaper saying, I just needed one, I only needed one to be sympathetic to me, and I was oh. going to walk. And I just felt like... stop talking. Oh. Yeah, it felt that way. And what did you feel about the the um, the person who told his spokesperson who told Gloria Allred to go back to law school? Oh, I hate to see that. You know, we, we've got to keep it about the evidence and not make it personal. You know, these types of things would never fly in a courtroom. And there's a reason for that. Justice can only be served when we're focusing on the merits. Both parties have a job to do. You know, that's the thing is, is when it's kind of the same thing with politics, isn't it? And we've got to keep it about the issues, about the merits of the issues, and not about the personalities involved, or we just devolve into something that is not helpful for either side. And we've seen that go on in the Cosby trial the same way we have in other high-profile cases, when people unfortunately let emotion overtake logic. Well, when when Cosby, on more than one occasion, came out and outside of the courtroom and went, hey, 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 I was like, oh, no, oh, you didn't. Oh, my gosh. You, he did the Fat Albert call on more than one occasion. Oh. I thought he was he was kind of signaling that he felt, I got this. It's it's not going to get me. I, I'm I'm going to get away with this. And I just felt so bizarre and creeped out by that. But, yeah. you know, at, as a lawyer, don't you tell your client, hey, don't do that again. Oh, you bet you do. You're, you know, and, and, but we've seen clients do this. Remember Michael Jackson jumping up on top of the car and doing the dance? I mean, we saw O.J. Simpson do it. It doesn't always inure to the benefit of the accused, but sometimes it does. That's the risk they run, the risk they take. And, you know, as lawyers, we can only go so far in terms of client control. We don't ever want to call it that. Maybe it's not client control. Maybe it's just advising clients in the strongest possible terms. And as we see here, it still doesn't work. Well, uh, in, in the other case that I don't know as much about this one, obviously, as you do, but this one, the story of the girl who is now, because of a text message, called a murderer. How do you yeah, feel about this, this one? This is a, a case that was highly publicized shortly after it happened. It was a woman that encouraged her ex-boyfriend to kill himself. He was already obviously predisposed, but she really, through a series of text messages, phone calls, uh, the allegations were talked into it to an extent that was criminally reckless to where it constituted 
homicide. What kind of homicide was what the trial was about? And this was a case where, uh, very much unlike the Cosby case, uh, her lawyer waived jury and tried the case to a judge. Now, that's a strategy that obviously is undertaken with an eye towards where is a client going to get a more sympathetic audience. Backfired here because the judge convicted her not of murder, but of involuntary manslaughter, basically ruling that a person's words alone can directly cause someone else's suicide. So while, of course, the defense was saying, judge, this isn't suicide, this isn't homicide, it's plain suicide, the judge disagreed and basically said that she uh, basically took enough steps to uh, make it wanton and reckless conduct, talking the now deceased into a scenario where there's a high degree of likelihood that substantial harm will result, and thereby found it to be a homicide. And the penalty, she's going to be sentenced on August the 3rd, she could be looking at up to 20 years in prison. And I, I heard a very interesting comparison today from our college, colleague Stu Breguer, who said, well, you know, Manson never killed anybody, but he talked people into it. Isn't this kind of on the same level? Well, it's, it's, there's a similar rationale to an extent, but the difference is Manson was a co-conspirator of sorts, whereas this woman was talking directly to the decedent who killed himself. Um, we, we can make actually lots of comparisons if you look at aiding and abetting, accessory before and after the fact, conspiracy law. But this wasn't a class by itself in terms of causation. This man killed himself, but he was egged on to an extent that was uh, really considered to be the kind of reckless and wanton conduct that qualifies for involuntary manslaughter. Now, as you can imagine, the judge's ruling is facing an enormous amount of legal backlash from people uh, mainly on the defense side that say this doesn't cut it, this isn't enough, she's 30 miles away, she can't be held liable for simply uh, words. Uh, but the judge held, in, and I'm paraphrasing, words are deadly weapons, and they were so in this case. Uh, but the other reason that the, a lot of people are pushing back on the defense side is they're saying, you know, there's this sort of a millennial defense and not understanding the value of words and how words can be deadly weapons. Because if you look at the court of public opinion, Twitter, Facebook, the kinds of things people say online, there seems to be a lack of accountability. Of, of, I would even you know, say bullying goes down this road as well. Some young people don't understand the impact, sometimes deadly, of their words. That's something that no doubt is going to be brought up at the sentencing hearing as, as a potential mitigant. But you also got to believe, Mike, this lawyer is going to appeal this verdict. He has said he was, um, and it'll be interesting to see what kind of an appeal that looks like, given that it was a judge trial. Well, he did, he did say he's going to appeal. I'm, I, I agree yeah. with you. I'm sure he's going to do that. The one thing that makes me believe that this is different than just saying, oh, yeah, go kill yourself is he had he had apparently gotten out of the car and she That's told right. him to get back in because he and the had judge doubts. Ruled that broke the chain of self-causation. That is something where the judge actually said this decedent, he took himself out of that toxic environment, uh, becoming overcome with the fumes, uh, and she talked him back in. So, you know, he had a lot to work with in terms of just some horrendous things. That, and and th these weren't idle words. She was seriously talking him into trying to make sure he killed himself. Having taken that in the worst possible light, the legal argument from the defense side, not from the prosecution side, the, the prosecution argued it was homicide, but from the defense side, they are saying even though it's despicable what she did, 
legally it wasn't enough. And by the way, Massachusetts doesn't have an assisted suicide crime. So that's a very interesting argument going forward um, because, you know, a lot of people don't want to create this kind of precedent, a lot of people on the defense side. So those are going to be the arguments, no doubt, as this, as this case is appealed. I can't wait to follow this. It's it's one that it's easy to have a knee-jerk reaction and go, wait a minute, it's just a tweet. And then you read the details and you say, oh, my God, there there's a lot more here than meets the eye. Uh, Dr. Wendy Patrick, case. always a it's pleasure. A case. That's right. Never enough time with you, my friend. Never <laughs> enough time. Uh, we, we need to... I need to talk less and let you talk more. So I promise to no, do that next time. No, I love time. it. I love the back and forth, Mike. It really makes the segment fun. Thank you always for having me. Thank you, Dr. Wendy. There she goes. Uh, Wendy Patrick, PhD, her book, Red Flags, How to Get Rid of Those Frenemies in Your Life Who Are Causing Problems. And we'll be right back. You're listening to Pure Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-803-6951 on the Blaze Radio Network. This is Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. You know, you know, you know that I have changed my life 15 weeks ago. I'm in my 16th week of taking relief factor it's an all-natural inflammation reducing combination of natural substances including fish oil and uh i will tell you i started taking it i got the three-week quick start pack started taking it very faithfully breakfast lunch and dinner and you have to do that and i noticed on day eight i was no longer taking or feeling the need to take that handful of over-the-counter green gel caps that were making me nervous about, you know, being healthy. So an all-natural anti-inflammatory combination helps me now get my life back. I'm playing golf. I'm hitting the hell out of the golf ball, by the way. You can see some of the work. I tweeted out some of my golf yesterday. So you can see it on the Twitter. But I'm in the garden. I'm working in the garden hours on end. And guess what? I would have been laid up for a day. But no more. Relief factor. It changed me. It changed many of our cohorts here. If you got bad knees, bad hips, bad neck, and all due to inflammation, relief factor could help you get your life back. Call them. 800 500 or get more information. Go to relieffactor.com right now. Uh, I have to play something for you because it, it triggered a bunch of people and it has me wondering, are we going to have to have 
another serious conversation with people about, uh, well, about violence and politics. It is, it's an item from a guy who writes for Town Hall, and he's included in an ad, in a political ad, Barack Obama's voice from the past. Listen to the clip from Obama. Station politics. Black people in the worst jobs, the worst housing, police brutality rampant. But when the so-called black committeemen came around election time, we'd all line up and vote the straight Democratic ticket. Sell our souls for a Christmas turkey. Let's not sell out for another Christmas turkey. The more things change, the more they stay the same. Paid for by the Great America Alliance. There is a whole lot of anger about the use of Barack Obama's voice in the Great America Alliance ad, telling voters don't sell out for a Christmas turkey. And the guy behind it is a black American, and he will join us just around the corner on Puro Pelka. We'll find out all the details next. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Puro Pelka. A lot going on today and a lot going on tomorrow. Tomorrow is, of course, the special election, the runoff in uh, Georgia in the 6th District that features the Democrat, who doesn't even live in the district, John Ossoff, against uh, Karen Handel. Karen is going to join us tomorrow, by the way, in, uh, in the middle of Election Day. She's going to join us and check in, and, and we'll get an update on what's going on. Now, today... The latest poll numbers are kind of tough on on what's going to happen, but we all know what poll numbers can be like and how wrong they can be, witnessed by the last presidential election in November. And this race is getting a lot of attention. This race is getting a lot of money spent on it. The most expensive election for a House seat ever, probably one of the more expensive elections for uh, any other than a presidential election, any, any time, over $40 million. And they've already had more people vote in early voting than voted in the last runoff that they had. It's, it's just kind of crazy. And tied into this, uh, there's outrage over one ad that uses uh, the uh, Scalise shooting and ties Ossoff and the Democrats to the Scalise shooting And then there's a a new outrage from some on the left over the clip I just played you from the Great Alliance Political Action Committee that uses Barack Obama's voice. And the guy involved in that, the guy who you hear speaking on that ad, Autry Pruitt, 
is uh, a board member from fairtax.org. You know, you guys know I'm a huge fan of Fairtax. He's also a guy that does some radio and a guy who's got some commentary out there. And he's on the phone with us. Autry, welcome to Pure Opelka, sir. Thank you so much for having me. I'm glad to be on board with you. Well, uh, we're, we're happy you can make this happen. It's kind of a, a crazy time, I guess. Uh, where are you located today, Autry? I am in uh, the great state of Texas uh, today. That's, that's a, actually where I live. That's, that's what I thought. I had heard, I heard you were a Corpus Christi guy. That's correct. That's correct. Well, we are, we're covering the nation. As you know, the blaze is in Dallas, and, and I'm up in Delaware. And, and you, you have decided, I guess, to, to speak out about, uh, and you've been doing this for a while, about the way that the, the black voters in America have been treated by the Democratic Party over years. And it's no secret that I think a lot of, a lot of black voters have felt disenfranchised. They've been expected to be loyal, but may not have been recipients of all the benefits they were promised over the years, especially if you look at the last eight years of Barack Obama. And it, was there an awakening for you? Were you always a conservative or did something happen that put you into uh, this mode? Well, I have, I have always been a, a, a conservative. Uh, and the reason is because any major problem that anyone in the black community feels that they have politically is always because of big government. Uh, we don't have a lot of time on the program. However, I can even walk you through uh, the original sin, chattel slavery. That was actually perpetuated by big government policies because had big government, had big government not been there, slavery would have died off long before it did. If you go to Jim Crow, Jim Crow was perpetuated by big government. Even if you're on the left and, you're, and you feel that uh, individuals in the policing community don't inherently treat African-Americans correctly, well, guess what that's related to? Big, intrusive government telling you you have to have 18 licenses for your car, you got to have this, you got to have bad emissions tests, etc. It all has to do with big government. So it was very clear to me. Not only that, but let's just look at the raw data. Let's be real, if I can, for a moment. Why is it that you had individuals such as Sheila Jackson Lee, individuals such as uh, uh, Representative Cummings, you've had them representing black areas saying the same thing for 40 or 50 years. At some point, you have to say, listen, Democrats, you've been promising us the world since Lyndon Johnson, and now we actually have as a community, a negative, or the, one of the lowest, I should say, net worth. I believe last time I checked, the Hispanic net worth was actually higher than African-American net worth. Big, big, uh, big government Obama continued the big bailout of George Bush. What was the difference in that the black community was decimated in 2008, 2009? Then, then on top of that, the Democrats want to come along just as black people are starting to make wealth, starting to make money, and then they want to say, wait a second, you, we, you need to pay more. You need to pay more in taxes. Are you crazy? So I've advocated for a very long time, all the way back through high school, I've advocated that individuals who are black Americans should do everything they can legally to earn as much money as they can, 
keep as much money they can and pay the government as little as they possibly can legally. That's why I think dollars makes Trump. We are we are so in sync on this, Mr. Pruitt. Autry Pruitt is his name. Uh, he happens to be embroiled in a little bit of a controversy outside of the discussion we're having here. And that controversy is uh, in this ad that is encouraging black voters to avoid, uh, I'm going to use the term plantation politics, the quote that Obama's heard talking about. And uh, then he used the term uh, selling our souls for a Christmas turkey. Uh, you've gotten a lot of heat for this ad, for this oh, uh, political yes, action have. committee ad. Yes, I've gotten a lot of heat. I've gotten thousands of hate messages. Uh, the, the, the welcoming left, the people they say they're about uplifting African-Americans, they've called me everything from an Uncle Tom to a, a coon saying I should die. They don't know me. They don't know who I am. The bottom line is this. I've been saying this for years. At some point, black folks, we as black folks, have to stand up and say, who cares if there's two or three on the, on the far fringes of both parties, by the way, remember Senator Robert Byrd, who want to be racist? Who cares? They're losers. At some point, we have to stand up and say, the Democrats have been promising handouts for decades, and they have done nothing. They have done nothing. And at some point, we have to look at other communities and say, guess what? What were the Jews able to do? What were the Korean communities able to do? What were the Chinese able to do? Guess what? All they said is, if government leaves us alone, you don't have to give us any handouts, but as long as you don't oppress us, as long as you protect our property rights, which is did not, that's what did not happen during Jim Crow, then guess what? We will achieve on our own. Just leave us alone. Let us be. And you will find that. You will find, regardless of their political leanings, you will find that in communities from Detroit to Texas to California to D.C., in black communities where people were left alone, but the property rights were respected, black communities thrive. Where they don't thrive is when government steps into the way. So, yeah, so I've been getting pushback on the ad, but I don't care. And Obama knows the same thing. And frankly, so do even left-wing thinkers. Tavis Smiley came. Uh, he's a left-wing thinker. He was very hard on Obama. Uh, uh, Eric Michael Dyson, I believe his name is Eric Dyson, he was very hard on President Obama. Uh, you had Cordell West, who's a lefty, almost a Marxist. He was very hard on Obama because they all realized what I knew from the very beginning. President Obama, just like all these most, most, I should say most other African-American uh, re elected representatives, particularly on the Democrat side, they are about themselves. They are not about uplifting the community. And the proof is that if you look in the communities, the black folks are worse off than they were in 1965. Isn't that crazy? At some point, someone has to say, wait a second, when the Klan could ride free and burn a cross in front of my house, we still were financially better off than we are in 2008. Whose it's fault a, is that? It's government. If you look it, at the it, well, mortgage crisis. It is government, and you're absolutely right. And uh, I, I hope that uh, people don't take this ad and turn it into a violent situation. I know you've had some pushback. There have been some, as I said, CNN has reported on this ad and, and made it, uh, I believe their headline read, a uh, pro-Trump group is using Obama's voice out of context in radio ad. I don't know if that's quite out of context. It's just you're taking a clip from his book, from Dreams from My it's Father. Not, 
It's not out of context. Obama was, ma- if you read his book, Obama was making the point that in the barbershops and, and in the places where, within the black community, other black Americans were hanging out saying, wait a second. They come around, they ask us for a vote, they tell us all this, they're going to give us this, they're going to give us that, and then they go back and do what they want to do anyway. The black community should realize this from the bailout. The bailout went to the big banks, guess what, owned by mostly white Americans. They didn't go to any African-American bank. People are fooling themselves. President Obama doesn't care. Look at who he's hanging out with. He's on Richard Branson's yacht. Come on, man. They're foolish. They're foolish. And what they're mad about, Mike, let me tell you, what what they're mad about, the left is mad about, is it's not working. That people are starting to say, you know what? Everybody can't be racist. Mitt Romney can't be racist. George Bush can't be racist. Trump can't be racist. Every Republican is racist. At some point, the jig is up, and it's up. And that's what my ad is about. I will defend it to the hilt, and I will fight back against any American of any pigmentation that wants well, to tell me makes, otherwise. His name is Autry Pruitt. He makes great sense. You can find him on Twitter, at Autry. You can also follow him on uh, fairtax.org. And you can see the ad. It's on uh, Autry's Twitter page. It's uh, posted by the Great Alliance, Great American Alliance. And uh, it's right there. So don't sell out for a Christmas turkey. The time for change is now. And what do you, I've got like 30 seconds left here, Autry. Predictions on tomorrow because the polls aren't looking very positive. The polls are looking, I have no predictions on tomorrow. 20, the Democrats are spending, even if they win, $24 million? $24 million to win one House seat? Oh, my gosh. My prediction, my prediction is that um, the Republicans will eke out the win, but it won't be decisive. But then again, it's the polls. They lied during the last election, so what do we know? I appreciate you being here on the last second notice, Autry Pruitt. And I hope you'll come back again, sir. No problem. Have a great day. You too. We'll be right back. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Opelka with Mike Opelka. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. I cannot believe how quickly the show has gone by. Uh, I, I'm I'm amazed at how fast this moves. And thank you guys for joining in the conversation along the way. I I wanted to at least spend a, a few moments here, giving pause, taking a moment, and saying, God rest the souls of the seven. U.S. Navy members who perished Sunday night, Saturday morning, Sunday night, in the uh, the crash that happened. Uh, it's it's terrible. Gunner's mate, Seaman Dakota Kyle Rigsby from Palmyra, Virginia. Yeoman third class, Shingo Alexander Douglas from San Diego. Sonar Tech, Mr. Uh, Trong Hoon from Oak, Oakley, Oakville, Connecticut. Gunner's mate, no Hernandez from Westlaco, Texas. I know that town. Fire Controlman in second class, Carlos Victor, 
Sibion from uh, Chula Vista, California, personnel specialist Xavier Martin from Hale Thorpe, Maryland, and fire controlman first class Gary Leo Ream from El- Elria, Ohio. All seven souls lost in that crash that we need to know how that happened. God bless you all, and God bless your families, and thank you. And an update on Steve Scalise. Scalise's condition is improving, and based on everything we heard from the doctors last week, he might even be able to walk and run. It truly is a miracle. But then after that, how does Scott Pelley from CBS even think he can make a statement like this? It's time to ask whether the attack on the United States Congress yesterday was foreseeable, predictable, and to some degree self-inflicted. Self-inflicted, Scott Pelley? Self-inflicted? Seriously, sir. Seriously, you want to go on television and say that to some degree... This was self-inflicted. He went on to say too many leaders and political commentators who set an example for us to follow have led us into an abyss of violent rhetoric, which it should be no surprise has led to violence. No, sir. This was not self-inflicted. No, sir. Not self-inflicted. I'm sorry, Scott Pelley, but you're way off on this one. I hope you take a moment every day, Scott Pelley, to thank God for your multi-million dollar job that you get to read someone else's writing and occasionally yours in front of a teleprompter and then pitch whatever agenda you guys in the mainstream media think is important. And I hope as you're thanking God for your multi-million dollar salary that you're also saying a prayer for Steve Scalise to survive for everybody else whose family, and especially the families of those two heroes who took out this idiot, for them. Thank God for them and hopefully pray for their recovery, complete recovery. Just insane, to some degree, self-inflicted. Wrong, Scott Pelley. Wrong on so many levels. Michael Pelka stepping out of here. I'll be back tomorrow. By the way, Karen Handel joins us tomorrow on Election Day, special election in Georgia. We'll find out how she's doing in the middle of the day. Testudo, my friends. Testudo. Pure Opelka with Michael Pelka on the Blaze Radio Network.